Well, good morning, Identity Church. I just wanted to, to tell you guys how, how awesome this, uh, this week has been. We've, uh, we've seen a lot of, <laughs> in, in, in a lot of ways, this has been my, my breakthrough week, okay? Uh, over the last month, month and a half, we've been teaching on faith. And you know that every time you start talking about faith, you start talking about believing for more. Do you know that when you push against those things which are trying to keep you down, they're going to fight back? It's true. The last month, month and a half, I have went through weird sickness, weird stuff. You know, I found out um, that I had some sort of potassium issue. I found out that that, you know, I had a sinus infection. I've been having a problem with my knee. Um, and you know that in every situation, I've been praying, Lord, show me what to do. Show me where to go. And show me how to believe. And you know that I, I was talking to Myra about this, um, you know, this a week ago or so. I was at my chiropractor. I was like, hey, my knee's messing with me. And I thought, well, maybe I'm having a problem with you know, a tear in my meniscus, whatever it is. He comes back and he starts feeling in my leg. He goes, you got knots all in your leg. Take a lacrosse ball, put it up in there and like get rid of the knots. Do you know that within five minutes, five minutes, I went from hobbling around to walking. You know that we need to understand and the, and the Holy Spirit helps us to understand if it's something that is spiritual or if it's something that's physical. You know, there's a reason why Matthew, Matthew chapter 6, verse 33 says, Seek you first the kingdom of God. Because you know what I could be doing? I could have went and said, well, I got to go talk to an orthopedic doctor. I got to go find out why my knee's all messed up. And I got to go have it cut on. Or... Hey, I'm, I'm having problems. I just go take a bunch of medicine to try to make myself feel better. But you know that each one of them, I just said, Lord, show me about this and show me about how to handle this. You know, for each and every one of those little things, each one of them, he would show me where to go, who to talk to. You know, doctors are good. I'm not, I'm not against doctors. I have a, I have a sister-in-law as a doctor. She's an anointed doctor. Filled with the Holy Ghost. I'm not worried about doctors. But do you know that doctors practice medicine? You know, you know when I practice guitar, there's a lot of times it sounds really bad. In fact, y'all may have listened this morning and it sounded bad, okay? But I'm going to tell you straight up, when I'm practicing, it's not always going to go good. But do you know that when I go to the healer, when I go to Jesus Christ himself and I say, you know what, Lord, show me what it is. Help me to understand. You know that when I fight against those things that are coming against me, they're going to fight harder. Just keep going and you'll win. Amen? Amen. I just wanted to give you that, that encouragement because, man, I, I know that there's other people in here that are dealing with things. Especially in the last month or two. I mean, there's been attacks on people. We have people that are out right now because they've had problems and they've had surgeries and they've had all these other things. And I just keep thinking to myself, Lord, you can either learn how to fight 
And this is what the Lord keeps telling me. You either learn how to fight or you let it beat you down. You know, I'd rather learn how to fight than get beat down. I'd rather step through whatever it is, fight it out, and be on the other side of it. See, I think a lot of times too many people stay in their valley. I think too many times people stay where they're, where they're the most sickest, where they, where they have the most pain, where they have the, the most strife. And they never get to their peace. They never get to their healing. And the reason is, is because they never fought. Fight back. This is what I've been teaching for the last 10 weeks. Heather taught on authority. We started last week talking about you're a blesser. You have the power and the authority to speak the name of Jesus. You can talk to your own situation. You need to. Don't let somebody tell you that you can't do it. You can do all things through Christ Jesus that strengthens you. You know what? I've lived my whole adult life on that one scripture. If you ask me how many times I've read the word, I've read it a lot. You ask me how many times I've read uh, Philippians 4.13, I've read it more than I've actually read any other scripture. It's because I need to go beyond my situation. I can do it. I can get beyond it. Jesus is going to show me. Do you know that each and every one of you have that same scripture in your Bible? You know, it was just in mine. That was just my scripture. But I'm letting y'all have it too. I'm being serious about this, guys. You have the power and the authority to step into your next place. You have the power and the authority to go beyond where you're at. You have the power and the authority to have peace that passeth all understanding. But you have to speak the name of Jesus. This has to be something that we believe and that we're willing to fight. When it gets hard, you fight harder. I'm telling you, this is, this is the truth. Because if you, don't, if you don't fight harder, if you don't stand upon his word, and most people think, well, what am I supposed to do? Just keep believing. Keep doing the thing that you know that you're supposed to do. You need to keep doing what you know you're supposed to do. I don't know what it is for all of you. But I know for me, I get up every morning and I look myself in the mirror and I say, I am health. I can do all things through Christ Jesus that strengthens me. I am the head not to tell. I'm above only and not beneath. My God has a plan for me and I will fulfill that plan. I get up and I say it every single morning and I go to work and I come here. Well, what if you don't feel like it, Dusty? Well, I do it anyway. In the name of Jesus, I love doing everything God has for me. Amen. Amen. I want everybody to say, I love what God has for me. One more time, because I don't think you believed it. I love what God has for me. Amen. Let me get some water. Hallelujah. You know, I want you to understand that you, that you have the ability to speak into your own situation, to plant the seeds of the promise of God that is in that is in the word. It is a promise. If you have a seed, plant it and you'll have a harvest. But you need some time. 
seed, time, and harvest. Nobody goes and plants like those, those hell peppers that Brock gave me a couple weeks ago. Those things came and they're sitting in some form of vinegar right now and I use it very sparingly. But you know the fruit of that labor was he planted a seed that was some time and during that time he had to water it. You know that you need to go back to the word. Oh, I read that scripture back when I was nine years old. Well, how old are you now? I'm 45, but I still know the scripture. How many times have you meditated on it? How many times have you went back and looked at the context? How many times have you just not said, oh yeah, I know that scripture. But you said, I'm going to apply that scripture to my life. You know, guys, I do this not because I get any benefit from it. I mean, I make nothing for coming up here and talking to everybody. But what I do get out of this is I get to know that the name of Jesus is going to change people's lives. No, no matter what else happens, no matter where people go, if you hear the word of God and it plants in your heart, then it's going to grow. That's why I do this. I want you guys to speak the same words, put the same seeds into your own heart and watch them grow. Because you're a blesser and you don't have any cursing in you, not like cussing. You know, you know, a lot of people think, well, if I'm if I'm cussing, I'm cursing. No. If you're cursing, you're basically telling that seed to die. And we do it all the time. I do it in my own life and I have to go, nope, stop. I'm not going to do that. You know, the moment that you say, oh, in the name of Jesus, I'm going to be able to go on vacation with my family. And I remember a couple of years ago, we were walking through Disney. Heather had some sort of issue with her ankle and she would get up and she'd be like, I just need to have a few minutes to like get myself composure and all that kind of stuff. And then she was sitting there one morning and she goes, I just don't think I'm going to be able to go today. And I remember sitting there talking to her and she kept, she had been telling herself and telling me, I, in the name of Jesus, I'm going to get up. We're going to be able to walk around Disney all day long. You walk like 10 miles a day if you go to Disney World. Okay. Well, she told me, she said, I just don't think I'm going to be able to do this. I said, well, if you don't think you're going to be able to do it, you're not going to. You know what she said? Okay, I'm going to go. Now, does that mean that you don't need to go sit down? Does that mean you don't need to rest? Does that mean you don't need to have some time? No, I'm not saying you don't take time. What I'm saying is, is that whatever you give yourself over to, that's what you're going to get. You're going to go sit down and you're not going to get up. You're going to... You're going to start thinking bad thoughts rather than thinking about what is praiseworthy and what is good. And you know this is the thing is that if I bless and I don't curse, then I have a harvest. If you bless and you don't curse, then you have a harvest. All right, I feel like I need to move on. But I want everybody to understand that what you say and what you do matters. By the way, if you say one thing and go do something else, 
that's contrary to what you say, then you don't believe it. Can I get an amen? Hallelujah. I mean, if I say, oh yeah, well, I'm prosperous and I'm blessed, and then the next thing you know, it's like, well, I, I, can't, I can't do that. I can't do what I know I'm supposed to do for my children. I know that I'm not able to, to be able to play with my kids and my grandkids. Oh, well, eventually, you can say it till the cows come home, but until you say, no, I'm going to do it. I'm, I'm going to continue. I'm going to keep moving. That's where, that's where belief and faith meet, and that's where you go forward. All right, let's get it going. You are blessed and not cursed. How many people can give me an amen this morning on that? Amen. amen. All right. How many people in here are superstitious? Okay, I got some superstitious people. There was actually people who say, hey, I'm superstitious. Okay. All right. So what I want you to understand about this is Jesus actually talks about this in Luke. And I want you to understand that a lot of times we have issues with superstition that we don't even know about. You know, if we got the curse and the sin and the superstition, I know that was stupid, but I like the, <laughs> I like the little way it came off my, my thought. It was, I didn't even say it out loud when I put it up, okay? But our circumstances are not going to dictate our relationship with God. But see, a lot of people believe that. A lot of people believe that if, I, if everything's going good, well, then God's blessing me. Oh, I was able to pay all my bills. I was able to go on vacation. I was able to do everything. Well, then God must be blessing me. You know that most of the time, those people, if they're Christians, they spin themselves into an up and down, an up and down. They're the elevator of faith. It's the elevator of faith. It's, oh, I, I'm having a good day today because everything went good this week. But when something goes wrong, it's like, well, maybe, I'm, maybe God's not providing for me today. Well, we're going to find out. Am I in more sin or am I in him? In fact, Luke chapter 13 verses 1 through 5 says, There were present at that season some who told him, talking about Jesus. There was these people that came to Jesus and told him about the, uh, the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mingled with their sacrifice. So you have to understand something. Back in these days, if you sinned, if you had a, uh, an issue, you went to the, and these people were from uh, Galilee, they had come to, to have their sins forgiven. They go to the, to the temple. Oh, I'm getting my sins forgiven. And they go to go have their sins forgiven, and Pilate bursts into the temple. And he takes this blood, and he mingles it with something else. And you may be going, why would he do that? Well, it's because there are, let's just say for an example, if you have a, a dictator, somebody who doesn't truly believe the way that you do, the way that he might come against you is that he does something to you. He, he, he brings about something to, to make it sacrilegious. And see, Pilate would do these things if he thought that the, 
that the Galileans were not doing the right thing, if he thought that there was, there was issues that, that they were coming against them, because they would be these little factions that would pop up and they would be against the Romans. So what Pilate would do is he would come in and he would basically make them unclean. And so, so essentially, they're telling Jesus about this. What do we need to do about it? Pilate came in and he mingled with our sacrifice this thing and it says in verse 2 and it says Jesus answered and said unto them do you suppose that these Galileans were worse sinners than all other Galileans because they suffer such things see when something happens to us a lot of times we don't we think well I'm not as better off as somebody else you may go and see somebody in your family. You may go see somebody in your church. You may go see somebody in your job. Well, they just seem like that they're blessed. But I keep having somebody come along and just push me down. Do you know that Jesus was trying to say, nope, both of them are sinners. Both of them had their issues. And it says right here in verse 3, and it says, I tell you, but unless you repent... This word is to change your mind in your direction. Metanoia is the word to change your mind in direction. And it says, you will also likewise perish. See, we at the end of our day need to understand something. Everybody needs to change their mind about their situation. You need to change your mind about your situation at your job. Well, Dusty, my job... They're telling me that, that they're going to get rid of 25 people. And there's only 26. Well, guess what? I'm believing that I'm the, I'm the one out of the 26 that's going to stay. Or that God's going to open up another opportunity. But see, you have to understand that if you don't change your mind about, about God, about your situation, about the sins that you have committed... How many times have you ever felt like you, you, you had a sin that you didn't think God was ever going to take away from you? I have. You know that you need to change your mind about who God is. You need to change your mind because are you any worse off than anybody else? Is your sins worse than everybody else? The answer is No. We all have to change our mind in our direction. If we don't change our mind in our direction, then guess what's going to happen? We're going to keep thinking the same way. We're going to keep going in the same way. And then our sins end up becoming our lifestyle. Our sins end up becoming our identity. How many people's ever had an identity change? Absolutely. And I'm not talking about the way the world's looking at identity change right now either. I'm talking about, I went from believing that I couldn't do, that I could do all things through Christ Jesus that strengthens me. I had ADD and dyslexia. I did not graduate from high school. God's word came in. The, I stood upon his promise. Guess what happened? 11 years later, I went from no di diploma, no, no anything to a master's degree. But it was step by step by step by step that God took me from believing that I wasn't something to believing that I was something.
My identity changed. But see, your identity can change too. If you've been in sin, and guess what? A lot of people go, well, I don't know, you know, I don't know if my sins are any worse or any better than anyone else's. Well, if sin is, is about hurting you and others, if it's hurting you and others, then it's a sin you need to get rid of. You may go, well, I'm not, you know, smoking and chewing and going with those who do. Well, that's not, that's not the problem. Most of the time, our sins are the way that we see ourselves. Most of the time, our sins are we didn't, we didn't actually go and do the promise of God that he wanted us to do. Now, some people may go, well, my sins are, are very small. I got these little white lies that I tell. Well, do you start believing them? I'm telling you guys this because I want you to understand that superstition, that understanding your place in God's purpose, that we will get to the point to where it starts become something starts becoming a part of our lifestyle. Look at Rachel Ray down here. Me, I'm not superstitious. superstitious. Do you know that this is a tick and a habit in her life? She has to do it. I mean, this is this becomes this becomes something that we do because we need to do it. How, how many people's heard of OCD? You know, OCD is nothing more than I. I think I forgot. I think I forgot. I think I forgot. Well, then it starts consuming people. Do you know that that these people became so sin conscious? They became so. They became so conscious of what was going on in the world that they couldn't even see past their problem. In fact, Jesus goes on to even talk about something completely different in verse 4. He says, Or those 18 whom the Tower of Siloam fell on and killed them. Do you think that they were any worse sinners than all the other men that dwelt in Jerusalem? I tell you no, but unless they repent... You will all likewise perish. See, you know, if your car breaks down this week, if your if your air conditioner breaks down, if your if the way that you see yourself changes and your position in God changes because something happened to me, then guess what? You're living in a superstitious sin consciousness. Now now that that starts robbing you of your blessing. That starts robbing you of believing that God has blessed you. Because if I believe I'm cursed, then now I also don't believe I'm blessed. You can't have two masters. You can't float on both sides of this line. You either are blessed or you're cursed. Well, guess what? God, God's not cursing you. Your circumstance is cursing you. See, my relationship with God has nothing to do with my circumstance. In fact, in some of the worst times in my life, I've had some of the greatest relationships with God. And it's because I didn't believe God was putting it on me. I believed that God was getting me out of it. See the, see the small little flip of the switch for that thought pattern? 
See, if you believe God put you in it, then you don't believe God's going to let you out of it. But if you believe that you are in right standing with God, then you're believing God's getting you out of your situation. Can I get an amen? You know, I want you guys to understand that we do this all the time. I, I'm, I'm not even going to take a, a, a poll on this, but everybody does this. Everybody sits there and goes, what did I do wrong? Where did I go wrong? Well, guess what? You didn't go wrong. There's a circumstance that happened in your life. If the building fell on us today, it's not because we're, we're any worse sinners than anybody else. See, that would be superstition. You know, I remember my, my grandmother telling this story, and you guys will probably remember this, but they were going through a church split when she was a kid. I think it was in Columbus, Georgia, was it? I think it was. So they go through this church split, and they're, they're standing there, and the pastor and all the deacons and everybody's been talking to each other and screaming and hollering, and they're about to church split. And, and the pastor gets up on stage, and he goes, Whoever is the one that, that created this, I'm just praying to God that they drop dead right now. And the guy goes to step off the stage and he falls over dead. <laughs> Woo! I mean, you know, well, he probably wasn't wrong. Because when you get into a situation like that, you're probably part of the problem. But see, that's what I want you to understand is that that caused all kinds of issues. That caused all kinds of beliefs. And you know what? That's powerful. That makes you believe stuff for a long, long time. Maybe the rest of your life you can sit there and go, I'm not going to say stuff like that. Well, you shouldn't be saying stuff like that. But you also shouldn't be walking around going, well, if I, if I do something wrong, God's going to make me drop dead. No. Because if you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, there is a place for you in Him. And guess what? There's going to be times where there's going to be superstitious people. There's going to be superstitious attitudes that's going to happen. And we need to know where our circumstances is Versus our relationship with God. Alright. By the way, I like this last one here. If you look over here on the... You know, when people tell me I'm pushing my luck. You know, this dude has opened an umbrella inside. He's broken some glass. He's got the black cat running in front of him. And he's under a ladder. And it's Friday the 13th. Okay? <laughs> on this thing. This guy's cursed, right? No. All right, so we're going to talk about the curse of the law. We're going to talk about what that actually means. Because if you're going to bless and you're not going to curse, then that means that you have to understand where the blessing and the curse came from. Galatians 3.10 says, For as many are the works of the law are under the curse. So if you're under the law, you're under the curse. For it is written, cursed is everyone who does not continue in all the things which are written in the book of the law to do them. So this is Deuteronomy 27, 26. We're going to look at Deuteronomy 27, 26 in a few minutes. Verse 11 says, but that no one is justified by the law in the sight of God 
is evident for the, for the just shall live by faith. See, that's a statement that we need to understand is that the just, they live by faith. That means that they heard about God's promise. The grace of God came to them through the word of God, through people's, through people's lips, and that the faith of God through Christ Jesus, that now if they just live in it, if they follow those promises, if they go in that direction, then now they're not living under the curse. Guess what? They're not living under the law. How many people are under the Levitical law of, of Moses? Anybody in here? Anybody said, hey, I've decided that I'm going to live by the Levitical law. You know, a couple of years ago, uh, me and Michael England, good friend of mine, he's a pretty crazy dude. I love him. But he, he had a neighbor that came to him, and he's talking to, he's talking to the neighbor. And the neighbor says, so do you live by the law? And Michael said, no, I don't live by the law. And he said, oh, then you don't live by the Bible. You're supposed to live by the law of God. You're supposed to. And Michael said, are you wearing a, a shirt that's, that's got cotton and like polyester? And he goes, well, yeah. And he goes, well, then you're not living by the law. You hypocrite. I mean, seriously. If we live by the law, what did it just say? Then we have to live by the whole law. That we're under that curse. So the law itself came to do something for us. Okay? What did the law do? Well, it wasn't even for us. It was for Israel. But what did it do for Israel? It told them where the boundaries were at. It told them that they were supposed to to follow all of these things in order to be holy. Well, how many people know that I broke the law probably coming over here for the United States? I mean, it says like 20 miles an hour on this road right here. I probably was doing 20 when I jumped that little ditch that comes into the parking lot. I mean, the law shows us where our boundaries are. And you know, when it says here that, that if you don't follow all things that are in the book of the law, then you're cursed. Whew. You know that most people, they'll, they'll go through and they'll look at their sins one by one. And they'll go, oh, well, maybe that was just a little white line. I'm okay with that one. But then, oh, well, I made a real big mistake. I cussed someone out this week. And I just don't feel it this week, Lord. Do you know that the, that the law would have told you that you had to go do all these other things in order to get your sins forgiven of you? See, the law was designed not for you to, not for you to meet the law. The law was designed to show you you were a low-down, dirty sinner and that you needed something beyond the law in order to be perfect. And it says here in verse 11, it says, But... That the one is justified by the law in the sight of God is evident, for the just shall live by faith, yet the law is not of faith, but the man who does them shall live by them. 
Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. Jesus Christ himself said, hey, I'm going to come in and I'm going to do away with God cursing you. If you believe on Jesus Christ because he became cursed for us, then you no longer have to worry about you being cursed by God because you didn't follow a law. You know what that does? It gives us freedom. But how many people know that there's risk with freedom? Right? I mean, if I have freedom, then I can run over you. Maybe with a car, but I mean, also I can run over you just in my own personality. Well, I can have sin with you and still be okay with God. Okay? In fact, there are sins that I might have with you that are not actually in the Bible. How many, how many people has known, and I used to know these people, they would go, well, you know, the pastor didn't come up and shake my hand this morning. He didn't come out and talk to me. And then... There might be other people who say, oh, well, you know, well, my family didn't call me this week. And then they're very mad the rest of the week. Do you know that all of those things that we have with people are the laws that we create with each other? You know, at my own work, they basically are starting to create this thing where we have to go and talk to people about how we feel and about our boundaries and about where we're supposed to go and about how we're supposed to talk to people. You know why? Because we are creating not the law of Moses, but we're creating these cursed laws between each other. See, if you understand that cursing just means this, this word katara, it means to damn. It means to condemn any condemnation. It's not fit for use. The moment that somebody says, well, you just crossed the line with me, then you're not worth anything to me. See, that's what a curse really is. A curse is something where when we're having relationship together, that some people go, Dusty, I just don't think that you're worth anything. I've written you off. And see, that's what the law did, was it showed us that we weren't worthy of God's goodness, of his grace. And without Jesus, we couldn't even get there. And that's why the blessings of Abraham in verse 14 might come upon people like us, the Gentiles, in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promises through the spirit of faith. But see, that's what we have to understand is that <clears throat> I have the blessings and cursings that, that I'm having to get through and understand from God, but I also have to deal with the blessings and cursings that come from each and every one of us. You know that some of you, y'all have people in your lives that you know if you, if you dip your toe right over the line, oh, it's going to be a fight, right? How many people, I mean, show of hands, how many people have people that you know where the line is and that if you barely put the... The toe, absolutely. Do you know that, that this is what I want you to understand is that you don't have that with God anymore. God wants you to live in his goodness and in his blessing. 
Now all you got to do is worry about all the people that are around you. But I want you to understand something, that the law was never supposed to make the unsaved people perfect, happy. In fact, if you go back and you look at the people who were having to, to deal with the law, they were dealing with it every single day. They had to do rituals. They had to prepare themselves. See, that's not a part of what the blessing is with God because what he did was he came and he did away with that and he said, you got to do two things. You got to love me and you got to love people. You know that the blessing and the cursing needs to have that perspective. If I'm going to bless you, that means I'm going to plant a seed in you. I'm going to try to water it as much as I possibly can. But if I'm going to curse you, then I'm going to say you're not fit for use. Yeah, I love this Ghostbusters movie. They go into the, to the place that was the old firehouse. And he goes walking in there and it's like, you know, oh yeah, the rent is great, all this other thing. And all of a sudden Egon looks and says, this place should be condemned. Do you know that when most people look at each other and they have relationship with each other, how many people's walked away from them and said, "Woo, those people. <laughs> they, they don't have it together. They're a mess. Well, you know what? I'd much rather bless people and say, you know what? I don't really see their mess. I see them blessed. I see them going to the next level. So let's talk about Deuteronomy 26. I know there's a lot of stuff on here. I'm trying to go for brevity. I'm not reading all this to you guys, Okay. But I want you to understand that what we, have to under, what we have to understand about the law is we agree to the law. We agree to laws between each and every one of us. Deuteronomy 27.3 says, You shall write on them all the words of the law. So he's talking to Moses. He's telling him, hey, we got to get this law written down. He goes, before we go into the land of milk and honey. So... Then in Deuteronomy 27, 9, it says, Moses and the priests and the Levites spoke to all of Israel and said, Take heed and listen, O Israel, this day you've become the people of the Lord. Okay? They went from just being individual people to now I'm under a covenant. They're cutting a covenant with God today. And it says, Therefore you shall obey the voice of the Lord your God. And observe his commandments and his statues, which I command of you today. And then Moses commanded the people and said on the same day, These shall go stand on Mount uh, Gezerim, and then the other people are going to go stand on Mount uh, Balaam. And, and so, essentially, they started talking about the blessings. You had people that pronounced the blessings. But I'm going to hit a couple of these curses, okay? The ones that came from um, Eblam. It says, the curse is the, the one who carves and molds images and an abomination to the Lord, the working of the hands and craftsmen uh, set up in secret. And all the people shall say, Amen. And they did. Everybody said, Amen. They agreed to it. This wasn't something that God came up to them and said, Hey, I'm forcing this on you. They said, Okay, we want to be your people. We agree to this. See, that's the same thing that happens when you, when you live here in America. Everybody that lives here, we either agree with the law or we break the law, right? 
Now, I broke the law many, many times, and they come and hand me a ticket for it, right? I'm speeding down the road. They pull me over. They come and give me a ticket. Do you know that in every situation, they say, they say because of your citizenship, because you've broke the law, that we have the authority to be able to put you under the law. Do you know that I agree to it? You know how I agree to it? I signed the little sheet on the bottom. Just like some of y'all may have seen some of these YouTubes where people have decided to dissent against, you know, I'm not going to sign the, the ticket. Do you know what happens when you don't sign a, a speeding ticket? You get arrested. You go to jail. It, it gets really ratcheted up. You would rather get a ticket for the speeding that you broke than to go to jail. Now, this is one of the things I want you to understand is that all God was asking them to do was to not see him like the other idols. He also said, you know, don't have contempt with your mother and father. That sometimes can be Hard, but that's one of the things. And they said amen to that. Don't move your neighbor's landmark. Don't go steal his stuff. Don't go steal his land. Don't go steal anything. They said amen. Don't have those ill-gotten gains. You know, don't... <laughs> this is the one I'm like, wow. But a curse is the one who makes the blind to wander off the road. Well, that one right there is just mean, Okay. <laughs> How many people is just walking around going, hey, that's a blind guy. Hey, let me just push you off into the ditch. But see, that, this is one of those things that when we're not saved, we have this thing called a sin nature. And our sin nature causes us to look at our own selves. Oh, how do I get mine? Now, we can do the same thing as a saved person, but it's... I think it's harder. I think if you're actually saved, it's harder to do that. I believe that your nature becomes God-centered. And see, when you agree to whatever it is, those boundaries, then you set those up between you and other people. You set them up between you and God. And God says, I removed all of those boundaries. And I'm going to finish with this. I know, I've, this is a whole lot of in-depth teaching today. I didn't get real excited. I didn't, I didn't, you know, put a lot of, you know, amen material in here. But I want you to understand something. You need to understand that your words are powerful. You need to understand that what you say and what you do and how you do it, that it matters. It doesn't just matter to God. See, if you're saved, God already sees you like he sees his son. That's not the problem. The problem is, is how do you see yourself? What are the words that you're speaking and putting into people and putting in your own ground? You need to be in the position of saying, I'm a son. I'm a daughter. I need somebody to say that with me. I'm a son and a daughter. Do you know the, that if you're a son and a daughter, you have the rights and the authority to be able to do all the things that God has put in his word. You don't have to worry about it anymore. All right. Let's calm it back down. All right. Let's 
bring it to let's bring it to a close. We're going to see if we can land this plane somewhere in here. You know what? You're blessed and you don't deserve you don't even deserve it. We're blessed because Jesus. In Romans 4, 5 and 8 it says, "But to him who does not uh, who does not work but believes on him who justifies the ungodly, his faith is accounted for him as righteousness." Just as David also described the blessedness of the man to whom God imputes righteousness apart from works. Blessed are those whose lawless deeds are forgiven and whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord shall not impute their sins. See, you're not trying to work to not be a sinner. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. If you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you're not trying to not be a sinner. You are who you are. Your identity should be in Him. Alright? And I know this is the hardest part of this whole message. You may believe that and still curse yourself. You may still put a works-based thing for yourself in front of every blessing that you will ever say. You know, everybody will say, yeah, Dusty, I believe that, but. You know, if you ever say, well, I believe that, but, then there's a problem. You know what the problem is? Is that it's a but and it stinks. Everybody has a butt and it stinks. I'm just telling you straight up. That's just the way it works. Do you know that our butt always stops the very first part of that sentence? If I say, I'm blessed, but, you know, this week has been really, really bad. and I just don't know. Well, guess what? That stinks. Because you are blessed and you're not cursed. You need to bless and get your butt out of the way. How many people feel like they can get their butt out of the way? All right. Mine is a little bit bigger than everybody else's. So I have to get it out of the way in a different way sometimes. But do you know that every time I stop myself after I say but, then now I start planting good seeds. You know, that's a key indicator. I keep saying this. I work in the technology field and we have key indicators of compromise. And all the key indicator is, is not the actual hacker. It's not the thing that was in the system or the piece of malware. It's what happens that shows us that there is malware or a hacker in there. You know that whenever I start speaking the name of Jesus, but then... The next thought comes to me is, well, I just don't feel, but that happened. Do you know that's a key indicator that your heart doesn't firmly have that seed planted and rooted? See, that's where we need to take ourselves and go, wait a minute, I need to start putting more word. I need to start looking at that more and seeing what God's word says over my own circumstance. Your butt is a key indicator. And you need to take that and you need to say, I'm going to now do something about it. That doesn't mean that you're the confession police. 
It doesn't mean that, oh, I just got to quit using the word but. No. Whatsoever things that a man believes when he speaks them, they're going to come to pass. Mark eleven twenty three 23 and 24 is not just there for us to be able to move a mountain. It is there to say, what is coming out of my mouth means something. It is a key indicator of the things that are planted and rooted in my heart. You may actually be piling up more rocks on your mountain before you move them. Well, you got to get that out of your heart before you can speak it with your mouth. See, I think it's a great thing when you use the word but. As long as you go, oh, I need to go work on that. I need to change it. But if you say, ah, yeah, this is good, but... And you just live your rest of your life that way. That's what your identity is going to be. It's always going to be that. And I'm just going to hit a couple things in here in Romans 4, 16 through 25. Not going to read the whole thing. But it but basically, all it's saying here is that in verse 18, who, contrary to hope, in hope believed, so that he became the father of many nations, talking about Abraham. So shall your descendants be. So there was a promise that was given unto Abraham. And it says, And not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body already dead. This man's 90, 100 years old. And the deadness of his wife, which was 90 years old. How many people have God came to you and you're like 80, 90 years old and you're like, Hey, I want you to have a kid. That's, hey, that's going to take a lot of faith. I got news for you. I'm 45. I'm going to say no. I'm just going to be like, Lord, go find somebody else. That's, that's what I'm going to say. I'm not, I'm not up to it at 45 years old, okay? But what I want you to understand is, is that they not only had to overcome the idea that they were barren, they had to overcome the idea of being 100 years old. There was physical issues. There were mental issues. There were... There were more issues than you could shake a stick at. And guess what? It says that by their faith that they hoped and believed. Because there was more to this. In verse verse 21 it says, Being fully convinced that what they had promised or what had, had been promised had also been able to be performed. They came to a point of saying, I believe this can happen. I believe that this can happen. How many people's got a problem in their body that you're just sitting there and it's one small problem? What if you had to believe to be 80 years younger? I mean, I'm just, I'm just telling you this is what happened to them. You know why I know that they became younger, at least in appearance? It's because when they went after Genesis chapter 15, go look it up. I'm going to tell you the truth this morning, okay? After Genesis chapter 15, God renamed Abraham and Sarah from Sarah to Sarah and from Abram to Abraham. They went off on a journey and one of the kings came and took them. And they took Sarah. And what did the king say about Sarah? 
She was one of the most beautiful women that he had ever seen. Guys, I, I'm just telling you, I'm, I'm going to leave it there because I'm not going to go any further. But you can understand that if a 90-year-old is turning this king on, they got younger. Things started happening. And they started believing. And they started seeing. And they started living the kind of life that God was trying to change them into. And it says here in verse 23, and it says, And it was not written for his sake alone. Talking about Abraham. It was not written just for Abraham. And it says that, but for us, in verse 24, but for but also for us, it, was, it shall be imputed unto us that him who believes, who raised up Jesus our Lord from the dead, who he delivered up because of our offenses and was raised because of our justification. I'm just going to tell you guys this. The faith of God through Christ Jesus gave us opportunity. He gave us opportunity to be able to plant our own seed. I look at Abraham and I go, man, I've got some, I got some ways to go. Abraham had faith that I never ha- I've never had. Abraham was speaking things that I've never decided to do. Why was it written? It was written for me and you. It was written for us to say there are areas in our life that we need to be speaking to. You need to speak to your situation. When you're not feeling good like I was three weeks ago, when I almost passed out up here, when there was other issues that was going on in my body, I just kept speaking the name of Jesus. I just kept moving forward. I didn't stop. You know what? I've said this before. If you don't stop, you win. Because... Just like Abraham, Abraham looked at his situation. When he looked at his situation up front, he laughed. I got news for you. He wasn't laughing and no one else was laughing at him when both Isaac and and all of his grandkids started happening. I mean, we have to understand who Jesus is, we have to understand what God has done for us and then we have to apply it in our own life. You have to speak the name of Jesus. You have to plant your own seed. You have to water and you have to let seed time and harvest happen. You can't go and pull it up every day and say, well, how much more has it grown? Let me go put it back in the ground. It might be better better tomorrow. No. Quit poisoning your seeds. Get your butt out of the way. Understand who you are in Christ Jesus and plant those things. Be like my kids. Go to your father and say, Dad, I'm not even worried about the money. I just need you to make it happen. Because my kids don't care whether or not the money's there or not. You know what? I've started doing that. I've started going to my father and saying, Father, I need, and I'm asking for it. 
I need more peace in my life. I need more opportunity and prosperity in my life. I need more health in my body. I need to be younger than 45 years old in my body. You don't turn back the clock. You just turn your body back towards where you need it to be. Do you know that in the name of Jesus, you have everything that you can have in His Word? Just go back to His Word. Just go back and see this. Everybody, bow your head and close your eyes. Right there, I'm not. I'm. I'm going to have people come down, and we're going to pray for them after the service. But I want everybody that has something, and everybody's eyes is closed, everybody's head is bowed. But if there's things that in your life that, as I was talking today, you were going, you know what? I need to make changes. I need to see these things the way. I need to see the, them the way that the Word talks about them, the, the way Jesus sees me. I just want you to raise raise your hand. Amen. Amen. I'm praying over those people right now in Jesus' name. I pray, Father, that you are just giving them the opportunities, Father. That you're having them, that when they hear their words and they say, Oh, I I just started speaking against the seeds that I'm trying to plant. That they examine their heart, Father. And that they just start putting those seeds in. That they start ripping out the old seeds. The the seeds of of strife and contentment and, and just arrogance. I pray over each and every one of them that you are that you are just showing up in their lives in a way that is awesome. That you are showing them your word and that they're planting that word. I pray, dear Lord, for peace and health and righteousness and prosperity in their lives right now in the name of Jesus. That this week, it's going to start manifesting itself to them. That they're going to start seeing themselves the way Jesus sees them, which is righteous, holy. That their sins that they're going to see them and that they're going to change their mind and their direction and that they're going to go in the direction God has for them. And we just thank you for it as they go. As everybody that's that's here, that's listening to us on the live stream, I just pray that they have a great week. I'm praying blessings over them. I'm praying that peace and prosperity and righteousness just comes and follows them that goodness and mercy are following them all the days of their life. And we just thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you need any prayer for anything, we'll be down here at the, at the front. But other than that, you're dismissed. Have a great week.